Welcome, everybody. So great to see you guys tonight. Um, this is November, and we're starting a new series called Adulting. Adulting is pretty tough, isn't it? How's school going for you guys? It is tough. I see it. I talk to you guys all the time. Uh, school is tough, and uh, I, I hope that, that you're doing well and hope that you're taking it seriously because it does affect a little thing called your entire future, okay? So no pressure, but uh, you got a lot to do. I mean, you, you got to study for tests. Uh, you guys have a paper. Uh, I'm sure somebody's got, who's got a paper due this week, next week? How many, who's got exams this week? Mike's got exam. He's out of school and he's still doing school. So uh, that just goes to show you how hard it is. Um, so uh, you want to hang out with your friends? What makes you think you have time for that? You don't have time for that. I mean, you got to email your teacher. Uh, you got to get things done online. You got to uh, you got to go to the UPS store to return those Amazon packages that you shouldn't have bought. You got to return them before that thirty day uh, expiration. You know that policy expires and. Uh, you got to pay your bills, you know, you got to uh, pay your phone bill. And by the way, how much data did you use this week? And while you're thinking about it, you probably ought to look for a new plan because you probably over a little bit. And don't forget about uh, your car payment. Don't forget about your car insurance. By the way, your driver's license is about to expire. And so in your spare time, you better go wait in line at the DMV for like five hours, Right? It's just in your, all that spare time that you have, right? And uh, I'll tell you something you could do while you're at the DMV waiting in line. Uh, you could call your mom and dad because you got to call them this week just to say hi and just to talk so that you can call them next week and ask for money, right? You got to play. Don't, don't act like that you guys haven't ever made that call. It's like, hey, just checking on you because I'm going to be calling you next week, okay? Don't act like that you haven't done that. Um, <clears throat> But um, you know what? You'll, you'll have plenty of time to like, de-stress, and, and in the future, you won't have to worry about school because you'll be busy working. Only like till you're 70, so don't worry about that. Uh, and then who are you going to marry? Who are you going to marry? I mean, there's lots of fish in the sea, but you know, who are you going to spend time with? Who are you going to marry, and are you going to have kids? Where are you going to live? Adulting is tough, isn't it? It's very, very challenging. You guys, you guys understand this. You guys are going through this right now. It's very hard. Well, we're going to help you out, okay? We're going to give you some wisdom from the Word of God. We're going to have some adulting experts come in. This is uh, next week. I'm really excited to interview uh, some people who are really good at adulting. And if you have some questions for them, I want you to let me know this week. Like, it's something that you've been dying to know. You need some help. You need some wisdom. But this week, we're going to talk a little bit about time management. How many of you would say, I need to do better in the area of time management? How many of you say that? Okay. All right. Well, we're going to help you out. It's one of the most difficult things that uh, adults are facing. Like, how do they manage their time? How do they do their best without wasting time? And how do, they juggle, how do you juggle all these priorities that you're facing? So um, how many of you would say that you do not have enough time to get all your stuff done right now? Okay. A lot of hands going up. You, you, you don't have enough time. Um, recently, God has been uh, speaking to me, and I'm 37 years old, but he's been speaking to me about how I can do better with my time. And he's been uh, teaching me and showing me that I need to be intentional, more intentional with my time. 
and I need to be more purposeful. And that's what you have to do. You have to be aggressively intentional with your schedule. And everything, every decision that involves your schedule, aggressively intentional and purposeful. And so I'm going to give you guys some keys tonight, some keys on mastering your time. Okay, number one, don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. If you let other people just fill up your schedule, they will. Somebody's going to fill up your schedule. And you take a look at the calendar, and you take a look at all that has to be done, and you're like, well, I better start prioritizing all this stuff that's on my schedule. And so-and-so told me I had to do this, and I have to do that, and I have, to, I have all these things. Well, <clears throat> don't just uh, prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. What are the most important things in your life? If you were just having a conversation with me, or maybe in your table talk that we're going to have in a few minutes, if somebody asks you, you know, what are, what are the most important, the five most important things in your life right now, you better be able to tell them. You got to know what your priorities are. You got to know what the most important things in life are, because if you don't know what the most important things are, how are you going to schedule them? But God is, is first. God's got to be first. If you spend time with God first, uh, schedule that. Schedule that. Schedule it the first part of your day, if you can. But uh, who, what else is important to you? If, if are relationships important to you? Schedule those. Like, make time. Actually, we use that phrase. Like, I, I, I have to make time for that. I have to uh, save time for that. Well, we really can't make time. We can't save time. What we can do is we can take time. And that's what you have to do. Again, aggressively intentional and purposeful with your times. You have to take it. And don't let other people take it for you. And don't let it just be wasted. There's a lot of wasted time out there. And you guys are going to have to find out those wasted moments, those minutes. You have to be stingy with your minutes. Be a good steward of your minutes. You're like, ah, it's just a couple of minutes. It doesn't really matter. It does matter because it all adds up. But what are your priorities? You should know them. If you don't know them, take some time. Get out a pen and paper and write out what are your priorities. And then schedule them and make sure that you get those done first. Number two. Spend your mornings with God. Spend your mornings with God. How does that give you time? Well, when you spend time with God, he clears your mind. He clears your heart. He speaks things to you that you may have forgotten, things that you need to get done. He'll give you wisdom on how to write a paper. He'll give you grace on, in your schoolwork. He'll uh, remind you of people that you have to talk to, errands that you have to run. He does this for us. It's a blessing. We are designed, it's in our DNA because God created us. It's in our DNA to connect with God. And when we don't have that connection, then things get thrown out of whack. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branch. He said, you've got to stay connected to me. So when a branch disconnects from the vine, falls down on the ground, it doesn't have the life of the vine flowing through it. It gets dry, it gets brittle, it's breakable, it's not flexible anymore. You ever try to, uh, like, break a green limb that's still attached to a tree? And it doesn't even break. It just bends over. That is, that, is, that is us when we're connected to God. Like, we are flexible. We're strong. People are going to try to break us. The enemy tries to break us. The world tries to break us. And we're just flexible. And we've got that life of the vine flowing through us. But when we're not connected, we're dry, we're brittle, brittle we're breakable. So spend your mornings with God. Um, 
This is similar to a principle of tithing. I believe in tithing. I believe tithing is a biblical thing. I don't believe it's just an Old Testament thing. I believe it's a New Testament principle. I really believe in it. Tithing is important, but how, you know, how, how does it work? Like You give away money, and then God blesses you. Like God takes care of your finances and, and everything in your life, you know, all, you're financially in order if you're tithing. Yeah, it happens. It's a principle. It's the same way with giving your mornings to God, spending time with God. You're like, I, I don't know if I can really do that because I can't give any more minutes away. To God, you can. Give your minutes to God. Give your morning minutes to God. Take time. You won't have it. You can't make it. You can't save it. But you've got to take it. Take time in the mornings, especially the first part of your day. It's like a tithe. It's like the first fruits of your day. You, can, you might like to spend time with God in the evenings. That might be your style. That's great. You can continue to, continue to do that. But take time in the mornings also. Give them the first part of your day, the first fruits of your day. I'm telling you, God is going to line things up, and you're going to have a lot of grace to get things done. I'll give you a couple of scriptures. This is what David did uh, in the book of Psalms, uh, starting... Uh, Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, he said, In the morning, O Lord, hear my voice. In the morning I lay my needs in front of you, and I wait. Psalm 119, 147, he says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. That's great. Take time in the morning and spend with God. Uh, Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6, 33. He talked about, like, we talk about adulting talk about the, uh, the anxieties and the stresses that we face because adulting is, can be very, very stressful. What Jesus is talking to a group of stressed out people, and he's, tell, he's talking to people that are worried about uh, not what grades they're going to make, but they're, gonna, they're worried about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear. Are they going to have food, and are they going to be properly clothed for the elements? Of, a lot of people you know, are outside a lot in this time. And so uh, are they going to have what it takes? And Jesus tells them, don't worry about these things. He said, don't worry. Don't worry. Can I tell you that? That's a word from Jesus to you. Don't worry, but trust God instead. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I know you've got a lot on your plate, especially in the mornings. You've got a lot going on. You need rest. You need to get things done. You need to do your hair. Uh, But you know what? Seek first. Everybody say first. First things first, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Okay? All right, number three, do the big things first. I talked about this illustration a couple weeks ago, but I want to mention mention it again because I believe it's important. If I had a clear glass jar, big jar in front of you, and I took uh, some big rocks, I could put those rocks in the jar, until they go all the way to the top. But then I could take some smaller rocks, some like pebbles, and I could fit those in in between all the cracks of the big rocks. Then I could go behind that with a bucket of sand, and I could pour that sand in, and the sand, all those grains of sand, would filter in even between the spaces, between the pebbles. But there's still room in the jar. I could take a pitcher of water, and I've done this before just to try it out. It's pretty cool. You could try it. You could do it uh, if you have some rocks and sand and water and pitcher and, you know, if you have time on your hands. Um, you guys aren't busy. You could do this. But anyway, you pour the pitcher of water 
and it will fill in those tiny, tiny spaces even between the grains of sand. The point is, do the big things first. If you fill up your jar, which is like represents your life, if you fill it up with smaller things like pebbles, like sand, like water, you're not going to be able to fit those big rocks in the jar. You're not going to be able to fit those in. So <clears throat> do the big things first. What is, and it's, it's intimidating. When you have a to-do list and uh, you're looking at like, oh, that is a big project. That is an important project. So I'm going to do something a little bit easier. I'm going to start off with a little warm-up, do something a little bit easier. It's not going to take me quite as long. Let me start with that. Right? We do that. It's like, ah, I'm too intimidated. I don't even know where to get started on that big project. So let me just start small. And uh, hey, let me see what's going on Twitter. Okay. Oh, Instagram. You know. And we get distracted by all these little pebbles, little grains of sand. Put the big rocks in first. It's a discipline. It's not easy. But put your big boy pants on, big girl pants on, and suck it up and get it done. Get the big things done first. If you pay now, then you can play later. But if you play now, you have to pay later. It's always better to pay now. Next thing, number four, say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. Say no to the good so that you can say yes to the great. You've got to learn how to say no. Don't be a people pleaser. You can't do everything that people want you to do. You can't go everywhere that people want you to go. You can hang out with your friends, but everything in moderation, right? You can't do it all the time, or you're not going to get anything done with your life, okay? You need, you need that time to connect with people, but make sure it's the right people. And spend time with people that are life-giving, okay? If they're not life-giving, they're not encouraging, and they bring you down, what are you wasting your time with that for, okay? Cut that out of your life. Say no to even to some good things. You're going to get a lot of opportunities. Not every opportunity is from God, you're going to get a lot of uh, wedding invitations, okay? This is one thing that I have to tell my wife. We don't have to go to every wedding that we're invited to. Like, weddings, I don't even like weddings. I didn't, I didn't want to go to my own wedding. No, I'm kidding. I did. I had a great time at my own wedding. But even when we're sending out the invitations, I'm like, do we have to send them out to all these people? Like, they're probably not going to want to go to the wedding, you know? And when somebody opens up a wedding invitation, this is a little rant here that I'm just going to kind of allow me this. But when, when uh, uh, somebody opens up a wedding invitation, especially if it's a male, they go, oh, no. I forget, this is what really happens. Like, oh, it's on a Saturday. There's that Saturday just completely shot. Hey, no offense, Jake and Danielle. I would love to go to your wedding. Okay, send, him in, send me an invitation. I, like, you guys are special. I would love to go. But seriously, most other weddings. But listen, seriously, say no to the good so that you can say yes to the great. You don't have to go. Do it everything, be it everything. You have to learn how to say no. All right. Um, now, those are some uh, keys to, to mastering your time. But let me tell you, the biggest thief of your time is a lack of vision. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, uh, this is Solomon, the, the wisest man of all, right? Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no prophetic vision, what would you do if you had more time? If you had more time, what would you do? Actually, we just went through this with daylight savings time. You got an extra hour. What did you do? Like, Tell me all the great things that you did, that you accomplished with that extra hour. 
sleep, yeah, of course, sleep. But if you, if you were given like an extra five hours a day, what would you do with it? Well, the answer to that question lies in this question. If you just think back to the last time that maybe class got canceled or something got canceled and you were, give, you were gifted some extra time, how did you use it? Did you use it wisely or did you waste it? Be honest with me. Just shout it out to me. <laughs> okay. All right, you did homework, but I hear a lot of people wasting it. And that's, that's what happens a lot of times when we're gifted extra time. So if we had more time, we would probably watch more TV. If we had more time, we would probably be scrolling on Instagram even more. Or we would, you know, just be like checking out or maybe hang out with our friends a little bit more. We'd go to a movie or, um, you know, a PlayStation, right? Uh, that can just suck so much time. And before you know it, it's like five hours later and you're still playing video games. But this is the reason. This is a, a huge thief of our time is vision. We have to have vision. We have to be aggressively intentional and purposeful. And that comes when we have vision for our life. Like when we know, when we realize that the time is short. The time here is short. And we have to make the most, not just of every day, but every hour. We've got to be intentional. We've got to be purposeful because minutes and hours, man, they can go by. And look, there's going to be some time where you waste, and sometimes it's a good thing. Every now and then, just waste some time, like get some rest. We all need rest. But, you know, the Sabbath is really only supposed to be one day a week. And in the, in, in, uh, in, in the Bible, they worked six days a week. Not five days a week like we do, but six days a week, and they had Sabbath one day a week. So <clears throat> when, there's, when there's not a prophetic vision, if we're not reminded of what God has called us to do, it can be so easy to, to have just kind of this wandering, purposeless time. So um, that, that word, the, the cast off restraint, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Well, restraint is another word for self-control. Do you feel like that we're in a society that has lost a lot of self-control? Yeah, that's the way we live because there is no prophetic vision or there is very little of it. We need prophetic vision in our life. Like we need, to be, we need God to be speaking to us, reminding us of who we are in Christ. When we know who we are in Christ, that's our identity. When we know our identity, then we live with purpose. And we don't waste as much time. So <clears throat> what is your vision? What is that prophetic vision that God is calling you to do? How, how is he calling you to live? And when I say your vision, like what are you passionate about? What, what is that, that burden that God has put on your heart? Hopefully, it's not you know, just to like, make money. That's not, that's not a vision. That's not a very exciting vision. There's, there's so much more to life than that. Because Jesus said this, right? He said, don't store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust can destroy our possessions. It's not about possessions. But he said, uh, sorry, don't store up treasures on earth. Sorry, don't store up treasures on earth, but instead store up treasures in heaven that cannot be destroyed, that will last for eternity. This is what God has called us to do. Criticism is not a vision, okay? Uh, when, I, when somebody says, what is your vision? Well, I don't really, uh, I think our government is corrupt. 
And, okay, it might be, it probably is, but that's not a vision. Well, I don't really like the church. I don't really like what the church is doing, and I don't like, you know, what I think Christians could be doing so much better, and, and that's not a vision either. That's a criticism, but what has God put on your heart? It's not, uh, uh, presenting problems is not a vision, but presenting solutions is. And so, what are some solutions that God has been putting on your heart? How can you bring solutions to your friend's life, your family's life, the people around you, your community? How can you bring solutions? That's a vision. Um, there was a, uh, I heard a story a while back, really cool story, true story. Uh, a mom and dad had a girl, a teenage girl in their home, their daughter that they're raising. And um, she just started to change. And uh, she wasn't the same girl that she, she used to be. She started dating this other guy. And this guy, he was a loser. Like, he did nothing productive with his life. And all he could ever really do is get into trouble. Like, this guy was seriously, like, just a loser. And so what happens to this girl, she's dating this guy, and so she starts to become influenced by him, and then she's, her grades start to uh, fall back, and she starts failing classes and skipping classes, and she doesn't want to get a job. She doesn't want to work anymore, and she's, like, got no motivation, no drive, and her parents are like, what is going on? What happened to our girl? They go, they're praying for her. Uh, they're talking to her. Nothing's working. They go to their pastor for some advice, and the pastor just really has a word from the Lord, a prophetic vision, and it was, it was this. It was like she needs a prophetic vision. She needs vision. What's your family vision? The husband and wife are like looking at each other. What is our, what is our vision? We don't even know what our vision is. We don't have a family vision. We've never thought about that. And so the pastor says pray about it and find a vision for family and where there is no vision, people cast off restraint and see what happens. See what happens when you get some vision. So um, they, uh, they start praying. They uh, contact uh, some missionaries in Mexico, and they find uh, this orphanage, these missionaries that are running this orphanage, and the orphanage is overcrowded, and they're having to turn away kids all the time that really need somebody to be taking care of them. They're packed. So they really are wanting to build another building, another orphanage, so that they can house more kids and take care of more kids. So this couple finds out about it. They sit down with their daughter, and they said, we believe that God is asking us to build an orphanage. And so we're, everybody, we're going to be all in. Like, we're going to pray. We're going to raise money. We're going to go down there. But we, as a family, are going to make this happen. Well, their daughter bought into it. She's like, I'm all in. She sees the vision. She has compassion on these poor kids. And so she starts uh, organizing fundraisers, and <clears throat> she starts praying, and, she, and what does she do with her boyfriend? She dumps her boyfriend. That guy was a loser. He had no vision. Now, all of a sudden, she's got vision, and everything in her life changed because of vision. And you know what? They raised all that money, and they built that orphanage. Isn't that incredible? That's a true story. That's the power of vision Specifically, a prophetic vision. What's my vision for my life? I have to think about this all the time, but it's very simple for me. I want to be the best husband and dad in the world. I don't want to be second best. I want to be the best. I want to be there for my kids. I want to sacrifice my time or sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed so that I can be the best dad and the best husband to my wife. That's my vision. I want to reach the lost, and I want to make disciples. It's just that simple. That's what I want to do with my life. But what is the vision that God is putting in your heart? Because 
That's your why. If you know your why, you will figure out your what. Everything will become clear. You'll get things done, and you'll be driven. And it won't be like, this is just another class. No, this is another class that is helping me get my degree, that's going to help me in my career, because this is the career that God has called me to do, because I'm going to do it with all my heart. I'm going to help people. Uh, I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to lay my life down. This is uh, the cross that God has called me to carry. And so it, when you think about it that way, it's not just another class, is it? It's not just another day. You start to have this vision, and it carries you. Okay, so how can you get some vision? How do you get some vision? I'm going to close with this. I touched on this earlier, but Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God. Is that what you're doing right now? Think about it. Are you doing that right now? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The way that we live, righteous, it's important. It matters. We can't just live any way that our flesh wants to live. Living for God, obeying God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Vision will be added to you. This is how you can get some vision. Number two, ask the right questions. Ask God, Lord, how can I serve you, Lord, and how can I help others? Those are some good questions. That's a lot better question than how can I make money? How can I become more powerful? How can I get more stuff? Uh, how can I uh, you know, become more of an influence? How can I live in a beautiful, beautiful place? How can I get more control? Those are the wrong questions, and you're not going to get any vision by asking those questions. Number three, when you get a vision from God, write it down, keep it simple, and say it often. Write it down, keep it simple, and say it often. There's a prophet in the Old Testament, Habakkuk. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. He said, the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. Write the vision, write it down. God's going to give you a prophetic vision. You're going to get it. You're going to pray about it. He's going to give it to you. Write it down, make it plain. Keep it simple so that somebody asks you, what's your vision? You, you know. Like, you know, hey, this is what my life is about. This is my, my purpose. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Make it plain, and somebody's going to run with it. Some people are going to run with it. So <clears throat> write it down, make it plain, keep it simple. I'm excited. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited uh, about God just giving you guys some wisdom on how to adult. Uh, you don't want to miss next week. Uh, because they're going to really, some really cool people. We're going to ask some really, really good questions. Talk about asking good questions. So important. Ask the right questions. That's what we're going to do next week is ask some really good questions. We're going to get some really good answers. God's going to give you a lot of wisdom. Let me pray for you before, and we're going to have some table talk, okay? Father, thank you so much for this time. Thanks for your word, for your scriptures, for this truth. Lord, I know that there are some people in this room who are really overwhelmed. And they've got a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And, uh, Lord, I, this is not in my notes tonight, but I just, this scripture has just come to me, come to my mind right now, where Paul tells us to be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. And so, Lord, we pray about it right now. All the stuff that's weighing us down, we just give it to you. Come to your throne. That's a throne of grace and mercy so that we can find help. And we come boldly to your throne tonight, and we ask for that grace. We ask for your help, Lord. We need you. We can't do it on our own. We're just a branch, but you're the vine. So we choose to stay connected to you. 
And I ask that you would help us to get our lives straightened out. Help us to schedule our priorities. Help us to remember that first things come first. Help us to remember what is most important. Help us not to waste so much time so that we can be good stewards of your time and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I just would like you to turn to your table for a few minutes and uh, have a little conversation about how you guys can walk this out. We don't have any papers for you tonight. We're going paperless, going green. Uh, The questions are on the screen, all right?